On today's show, we're covering what has happened and what's forecasted to happen in both the local and the national real estate markets and how that affects you as a homeowner. And now to the show. Welcome to the Chris Elliott Real Estate Show, where we bring you insights into the local central Virginia real estate market, go in-depth to answer your real estate questions and concerns, and interview local figures and influencers in the greater Richmond area. And now let's get to the latest episode with your host, Chris Elliott, and co-host, Maddie Wright. I am Chris Elliott. I'm Maddie Wright. The, the real Maddie Wright. How are we doing, Maddie? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How's your week going? It's good. It's good. Big announcement. What good thing happened to you this week other than a horrible shoe choice, which we'll get to Stop. next. Stop. I love my Crocs. I passed my real estate exam. Congratulations to Thank you. Thank you. It's your yeah. birthday on Friday, too. It is my birthday on Friday. So check this. My wife goes, hey, um, I know it's your birthday Friday, but I've got a blessing way to go to. So can we celebrate on Saturday? What's a blessing way? Um, it's kind of this weird voodoo ceremony where a bunch of women get together, specifically the women she works with. They like light candles. There's ankle bracelets involved. Um, apparently, once a woman goes into labor, they all light their candle and they summon the gods or something like that. It's kind of interesting, but um, yeah, so that's a blessing. So she was like, hey, can we celebrate on Saturday? And I'm like, shh. Uh, well, the only problem with that is I'm not four years old, so I know when my birthday is. You know, like you can pull that on a kid. You can be like, hey, your birthday's on Saturday. But um, anyway. That's funny. Yeah. So let's talk about your Crocs. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to start a sentence. So Maddie bought some lavender Crocs. I sure did. That she wore to work today. I did. And I said, hey, we're not wearing that to a client's house, are we? I'm going to two clients' houses this afternoon, though. N not in the Crocs. In the Crocs. Not in the Crocs. <laughs> so we, we never, Mike, we never had a, I, I didn't ever think I had to put a footwear policy in place, but I might have to. I brought other shoes in case you yelled at me, but I am. I haven't yelled, but I've expressed my, my disappointment. Maybe you can do like, um, a Chris Elliott logo croc, <gasps> like brand it, you know? Oh my God. So, so Maddie's always, we, we like to keep the office pretty frigid. Uh, cause my broker's the one that sets the temperature and he's, you know, we're always wearing suits. So she's always got a blanket. So I told her I was going to get her a branded Snuggie, uh, I which I that. thought would be You also cool. promised me a branded, uh, pullover. We, we make a lot of promises. Girls like to personalize things. So keeping, it's the, advertising. Morale, keeping the morale up and doing little things like that. Like I do that for my assistant every so often. You get her branded you know, snuggies. I give her like, you know, branded socks and all that and <gasps> just keeps her happy. Yes. It's also free advertisement. That um yeah, I would hope you're not wearing a Snuggie like out and about. Well, no, but if it was like a pullover or like branded <laughs> Crocs. Maddie, colder. Maddie, Maddie's going to start showing up at our at our clients' houses in the winter in the branded Snuggie and her lavender Crocs. They did that in Florida, though. They When it was like 65 degrees outside, they walked around in Snuggies. Yeah, people in, people in Florida are crazy. So All it's right, not so, that bad. Hey, on today's show, uh, we're going to be reviewing what's happening in both the national and the local real estate markets, how that affects you as both a buyer and a seller. But before we get into the main part of the show, we're going to we're going to cover the local news and happenings. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so in local news. Uh, Maddie, other than the birth of myself, what's really weird is weird way to say that, that was a terrible word. Yeah, that was that was kind of awkward. <laughs> what is, what is also happening on September the twentieth? 
Drive Shack is opening. I don't know what that is. You don't know what Drive Shack is? No. Have you heard of Top Golf? What? No. Have you heard of Top Gun? Isn't that like a TV oh show God. or something? Oh. <laughs> totally, totally separate thing. No, or like so, a movie or something. So this is really cool. I've never been to Top Golf, but I've heard it's amazing. They have one in DC. They have one in like a, a lot of like. Um, you know, bigger markets, but drive shacks kind of like an offshoot from that. From what I understand it's basically like a driving range that you go to, but instead of it being just a boring stuffy, like old man kind of driving range, it's fun. They got it lit up. It's like, Oh, is that the one that you always pass when you're going towards the West end on 288? Yes. Oh, that thing looks so cool. Yeah. So they're going to okay. have like, it's going to be like lit up. Like you go in there, you can order food. You can like, there's a bar. It's kind of like, you know how they have like really cool bowling alleys. Yes. It's going to be that concept applied to a driving range. So cool. like g golf is secondary. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's an experience. It's a social yeah, affair and golf's like the excuse of doing something. Yeah. 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 yeah besides drinking, or which something. is, which is kind of my favorite thing. Um, it's the first to market. So there's, there's actually a top golf, uh, that is scheduled to open October the 4th in, um, Scott's edition. Uh, but this one's first. $25 million build out, 65,000 square foot facility, which is pretty, pretty massive. It's going to be Jeez. slamming in the first couple months. Oh, I, you know, it's I was going to be hard to get in there. Yeah. I told my wife, I was like, as much as I would love to go this weekend, like, I'm, you can't catch me. No. Dead I, near that I, thing. I'll go on a Wednesday at two o'clock. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So, Maddie, as our, um, as our, as our, um, you know, uh, cannabis specialist uh what else is oh in? my god <laughs> just kidding <Yikes. laughs> just kidding what uh what else do we got uh going on in our va well apparently we have two new cbd shops opening cbd mckenna sells cbd does she really yeah she does one of those uh those things multi-level marketing companies yeah nice um have you ever done cd cbd no but my dad loves it I, so I tried it. I was in South Carolina. There was like a little CBD store that opened by my in-laws condo. Didn't do anything for me. Really? Or yeah. It's like kind of like a placebo okay, thing for some people. It takes it takes a little bit. You can't just like go to the gym, work out and be like, okay, I lost 20, 30 That's pounds. That's very different than going to the gym though. This, right? is, this, is, a total, this is a product that you're supposed to buy. And I don't know about you guys, but like. It takes time to get in your system. It's not like a one and done thing. I'm not interested then. I'm kind of like, I, you I need wanna, instant gratification. Yeah. I want to like drink the, I want to drink the coffee and like feel my heart pounding. I want to like drink the beer and feel like so you take a shot okay. and you're like, <laughs> have you tried the Starbucks? Um, nitro, bro? nitro. I took it on Saturday. I did three sips. I was, I thought I was going to die. <gasps> I need that. It was too much. It was for me. It was too much. Uh, I, was, I need that. So Facebook nation, we want to know CBD. Is it snake oil or is it a real thing? Let us know. I think it's snake oil. McKenna can tell you all about it. I'm sure she can. All right. And then last but not least in local news, uh, live well financials. Michael Hild was arrested and charged with brazen fraud. Um, this has been a story that's been all over Richmond BizSense, uh, was indicted on federal charges for running a $140 million bond scheme. English, please. I don't even know what a bond scheme is. I know what a Ponzi <laughs> scheme is. Uh, I don't know what a bond scheme is, but long story short, he stole a whole bunch of money, 140 million bucks, million. Um, that is a butt ton of money that somebody has acquired in not a favorable way. Uh, so anyway, that was local news and happening. I'm trying to look up what a bond scheme is. 
Um. Oh, nice. So you're I like guess the, that's why this is here. You're like the computer person now. What's a bond scheme? I'm trying to figure it out. But also, um, I would like to point out, you forgot that it's Field Day of the Past weekend. That's very important. Local yeah. News. Tell us about Field Day of the Past. Buddy. I will tell you about Field Day of the Past. It is awesome. They have animals. They have like carnival game things. They have um, tra- tractor poles. They have old timey stuff. They have food. It's the best thing ever. They have they race baby pigs. When is this? Uh, when does this start? Friday at 8 a.m. And what does it go to? Sunday at 5, I think. Will you be going? I will be going Friday and Sunday. What? Where is this at? It's in... um, In the Gooch. Mannequin Sabbath area. You know, like, I can't remember what it's called now. There's like a food line like the... You take West Broad and you basically just go into Gooch and it's right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like where the McDonald's is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Behind the the McDonald's, way back there. Okay. It's awesome. It's the best thing ever. Cool. So if uh, you want to find Maddie... Just look for the racing pigs and she'll be right there yep. watching them in her Crocs. And if it's a little <laughs> chilly, she might have a Snuggie. Stop. All right. I can't figure out what it is. It's something about a deposit for land we'll, homeowners. We'll we'll deal know. with that later. All right. So that was local uh, news and happenings. And now to the main part of the show. All right. So... In national market news, uh, one of the first things that we want to hit on is the talks of the recession keep going. Um, So this is, you know, we talked about this in episode. This was even before we started the podcast, too. But this was like episode one, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, we talked about the recession. So, hey, we're going to keep beating this drum until the election because that's the rhetoric that you guys are going to be hearing in the, um, you know, your your major news outlets. You're going to hear a lot of talk of recession for a couple reasons. It's always a hot topic. We've been in a very good um, bull market for the last, gosh, 10 years. Um, and uh, so naturally, it's something people are going to be looking out for. Plus the fact uh, we have an election next year. Uh, so you're going to have one side of the table that's not been in the power seat that is going to be talking about how the other side has been doing such a terrible job. The economy is terrible. And hey, you need to elect us so we can get the role. Not a political statement, but that's kind of how the game is played. Um, so one thing, uh, what, what are we talking about with regard to housing, though, Maddie? With regard to the housing market, the rate of appreciation has slowed down, but we are not experiencing or forecasted to see depreciation. Yeah. So a lot of people are are, are kind of, uh, there's a lot of fear looming and around this recession, recession, and we're not here to talk about the the financial markets. What's going to happen there? Uh, that's not the show. We're talking about housing. So here's the thing: uh, housing is being appreciating at amazing rates for the last ten years. Anybody that's owned a home over the last ten years can tell you, uh, and pretty much all price points, they've seen some appreciation, which is a really cool thing. Um, the um, excuse me. So what's going to happen though is the rate of appreciation is going to be uh, is going to slow down. So essentially, what that means, if your car is going 50 miles an hour and the rate of appreciation slows down, you slow down to maybe 30 miles an hour. But that does not mean that we start going backwards in the other direction. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So we are not forecasted to see any type of depreciation over the next five years. Of course, there's always going to be small pockets of the market that maybe you know if you. You've got a new construction development uh, right around the corner from you. That's a different story. But grand scheme, 
Um, the rate of appreciation is set to slow down. We're hovering around five, six percent. Some areas even seven percent. We're looking to slow down to about two to three percent appreciation rates. So we're going to kind of plateau a little bit. But the simple fact is that home values are not predicted to depreciate. They're not predicted to go down, uh, which is really good. Uh, Maddie, can you read the quote from Miss Molly Boisel, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is the principal economist at CoreLogic? CoreLogic is actually who is behind our MLS and our tax system. They are one of the largest real estate information data companies out there. They sit on top of a lot, a lot, a lot of data. But read that quote for us, if you may. Home prices have increased steadily since 2011, creating record amounts of home equity and putting homeowners in a good position to weather future downturns. So how do you interpret that? Um, well, home prices have been going up steadily since 2011. Nice. Um, giving people more equity and, you know, putting them in a good position to get through any future recessions. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the cool things... Um, you know, with all this appreciation that we're looking at um, or, or have seen since 2011, uh, homeowners now have more and more equity within their homes. So back in 2008, you know, if you bought a home for 400000 and it dipped to, you know, be worth only three seventy five, you had negative equity. In other words, you owed more on the house than it was actually worth. Now that $400,000 house is maybe worth 500000 So more and more homeowners have larger and larger chunks of uh, appreciation and equity within their homes. So the good thing is when you have a lot of meat on the bone, you're able to weather the storm because somebody is not so quick to walk away if their $500,000 home value drops to four seventy five. dollars not that it's predicted to do so, because they owe, you know they only owe four hundred on the home, or they bought it for four hundred, so they have that seventy five thousand dollars in equity. So folks have more uh, more equity, which puts them in a better position to uh, to weather any uh, future downturns. Uh, the amount of tappable home equity. What is tappable home equity? Do you know what that means, sir? I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> so if you go into the bank and you say, "Hey, Mr. Banker." Um, I got a $400,000 house. I only owe $200,000. I'd like to take out a home equity line for $100,000. That's your tappable equity. So it's the amount that you can get on a HELOC? Yes. It's the amount that you can borrow against your home in the form of a HELOC, which stands for... Home equity line of credit. Correct, Amundo. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. I knew that before you from the law firm. What? Um, all right. So the amount of tappable home equity within the United States has risen from 2.2 billion in 2011 to 6.3 billion in 2019. So literally, the amount of tappable equity across the United States has tripled in the last eight years, which is pretty strong. If you see that on a graph, it's pretty amazing. Um, I can't show you a graph on a podcast, though. I apologize. There you go. <laughs> That, that number right there. Um, what's that next stat, which I thought was kind of interesting? 50% of homes in the U.S. have 50% or more equity in their homes. So literally half the homes in the United States, according to this study or, or this data, half of the homes in the United States have 50% or more of equity. So half of the homes in the United States only owe half of what their home is worth. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, but I'm saying you should that probably simplify that for people who don't work in real estate. Sure, sure, sure. So real simple numbers. That means if you own a $200,000 house, you only owe $100,000 on it. So you have 50% equity in your house. And what they found is that across the board, average 
the whole United States, about half of homeowners have 50% or more of equity within their homes. Oh, that's awesome. That is pretty awesome. Um, the other good thing, which puts us in a better uh, position for the housing market going into this recession versus what we saw in 2008, is the percentage of negative equity. So negative equity, meaning that somebody owes more on their home than what it's actually worth. The percentage of negative equity homes throughout the United States has dropped from 25.3% in 2010. 25.3%. That was crazy. That means literally one out of every four homes in 2010 um, had a negative equity situation. But that has dropped all the way down to 4.1% in 2009. Once again, a lot of that has to do with the appreciation that we've seen across the board. But the other thing is there too, is lending practices have tightened up a lot. So you're not seeing as many people in these crazy loans that they couldn't afford to start with. Uh, and, and you know you haven't seen as many folks that shouldn't have been getting loans, getting loans, uh, no, no doc loans or anything like that. Uh, this is a much, much, much different situation than what we saw going into the last recession. So I say all that to say, um, the housing market is in a much better position to go through this recession than it was in 2008. Does that make sense? That's probably very comforting for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to get this information out because like I said, what people are going to be hearing through the major news media is that we're going into recession and they're going to be hearing sound bites and they're going to be freaking out. People are just going to automatically think we're, we're, you know, in for another repeat of 2008, which home values fell off the table. So we want to get this information out to anybody that's looking to sell or owns a home, knowing that, hey, it's not like your, your home value is just going to fall off the kitchen table. We also want to get this information out to buyers that are going to be buying over the next year, two years, three years to know that, hey, like, me. like you and David, um, that it's not a terrible time to buy. You're not setting yourself up for failure if you buy a home now. Um, what is forecasted appreciation for 2020 in Virginia? 4.2%. And in the whole country? 5.2%. Yeah. Wait, I think I said, did I say 4.8 the first time? You did. I believe you did. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So uh, forecasted appreciation for 2020, 4.8% in Virginia, 5 0.2% uh, across the whole U.S. So that uh, the appreciation slowdown is not scheduled to hit until it's looking like 2021 because, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to happen in 2020. Uh, it seems like we're, we're still going to be appreciating at a pretty good clip uh, next year. And then when it will actually kick in and start slowing down, uh, nobody has a crystal ball, but uh, doesn't look like it's going to be happening next year. So in summary... Yes, we are headed for an economic recession, but it is not forecasted to adversely affect the housing market. And once again, like we talked about in the first show, only how many of the last five recessions negatively impacted housing? Two? Two. Oh my Correct. gosh, I'm so smart. Yeah, I'm glad you were actually listening. So what are the odds that like they're predicting this recession and whatnot? Recession? I just got my bases off. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what are the odds that they're predicting this recession, but it just may like not happen? Well, so I, I mean, the, the thing about it, like as far as the economic side, which once again, our focus is on housing. Um, from what I understand, the economic recession is not forecasted to be all that big. You know, not all recessions are these huge, you know, monumental, you know, 2008 was 
the Great Recession. Um, some would argue that it was a depression. I think it doesn't meet the standard, um, you know, by the definition. But that was a big recession. Uh, not all recessions are, you know, these huge monumental events. Um, a lot of recessions are just very quick, you know, happenings. The economic definition of a recession is two quarters of negative GDP. So, you know, we're in the longest economic recovery in U.S. history. And when you're going, you know, when that's happening, the only thing that slows that down is the recession. So it could just be a little hiccup and then we're back on track or a you little hiccup. It also has to be with something that happens to like oil. You know, if, if something gets infected where it kind of stops the up trail and then dips down and then it takes some time to come back. So it could be a mini recession that, mm -hmm. you know, like what's just happening in Iran right now that, you know, where gas prices might be going up, you know, uh, 50 I sure cents hope or not. whatever, you know, it all depends. I mean, there's, there's certain things that could affect certain recessions that, you know, it doesn't, might not hurt you in the long run, but in a quick everyday, you know, couple months type of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, if you look at like a stock chart, like if you look at like the, the value of a stock over, you know, a year, there's some dips in that, you know, overall the value goes up from January to December. But if you look at it, like, you know, there's some dips in that graph. So what we're trying to do is to, to let people know, Hey, don't freak out. Like, yes, we're heading into a recession, but recession doesn't have to be this horrible monumental event. It could just be a little slight hiccup and then, Hey, and then we're back on track or, we're going to have a little bit of a hiccup and then we're going to be back in the right direction and we're not going to be growing at the same rate that we were growing now, but we're still going to be heading in the right direction. So that's kind of what we're, um, what we're trying to get over to folks. Okay. So that was the national, uh, market news. Now let's jump into the local market news. Um, Close pending and new listings were down slightly from July to August. So we're always looking at a month behind. So we're looking at the August data. So close pending and new listings were down from July to August. Uh, what we're seeing there is our typical end of summer slowdown. So, you know, Richmond, very much a cyclical market. Uh, not to say homes don't sell. We still have see plenty of sales in the fall and the winter. But, you know, you look at the bell curve, a lot of the majority of those sales happen during those summer months. Um, so towards the end of the summer, we just see things slowing down just a little bit, just because there's not as many um, sellers selling. There's not as many buyers buying. There's still people out there. There's still transactions happening. There's just not as much as we see during the summer. So pretty typical. Uh, pended listings were up 11.63% from August of 2018. So the cool thing about that is that um, we're literally seeing a better, we saw a better August, 11.63% better August in 2019 than we saw in 2018, uh, which is pretty good. So we should have, we had a pretty good fall last year. Uh, but, you know, if that continues on, we should be looking at a better September, October, November, December than we were uh, of last year, which is pretty cool. Average sales price was $318,733. Average list price to sales price was 99.66%, which is phenomenal if you're selling. Average days on market was 27.77 days. That's been hovering around that number. <laughs> Whoa. Are you okay? Um, people sneeze do, sometimes. Do we need a doctor? That was a pretty aggressive <laughs> sneeze. I think we need a sneeze button. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> nice. Um, no one said bless you also. Bless myself. God, Thank you. God bless you. No, it's too late. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, 
And then last but not least, uh, month supply of inventory was at 0.218 month supply of inventory. So we are still very much in a seller's market. Um, the um, Anything below six months supply of inventory is considered a seller's market. So at 2.18 months, we're very much still in a seller's market. What does 2.18 MSI mean? Okay. Do we know what month supply of inventory means? No. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so month supply of inventory is basically a metric that gauges how hot a real estate market is. It essentially says at the rate at which homes are selling, so three homes are selling a month, 100 homes are selling a month, whatever the rate is, um, based on that rate, if no new homes hit the market, how long would it take to sell out all the current inventory? Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So north of six months, you got a buyer's market. South of six months, you got a seller's market. And once again, under three months of live inventory, we're still very much in a seller's market. Um, so what does this mean for you? If you are a seller, um, if you're looking to sell between now and the end of the year, we've got to understand that the summer selling season is over and now is not the time for testing ambitious pricing. No, not necessarily. No teardrops. Maddie's over here doing a teardrop. <laughs> So here's the thing we tell folks, it doesn't mean that your home is necessarily going to sell for less during the fall and the the um, the winter. What we know now, though, is we know the appreciation. Usually when we look at appreciation and we say 5% per year, usually that appreciation is happening between, let's say, March and August, because basically people are pushing prices up. They're testing the market. And then some homes are selling, some aren't, but some homes are selling at the new price. So by August, we know kind of what homes are worth for, for the rest of this year. You don't necessarily want to go out and try push like a, to set a new bar in September, October, November, because we've already pushed that bar up. And there's just not as many buyers in the marketplace to try this new crazy price. The other thing is too, you don't have the time to necessarily try this crazy new price because if you try the new crazy price in February, March, April, you can still reduce down to a more reasonable price or a more mar market value price um, and you can still sell out in the summer versus if you do it in September, October, November, you're more likely going to keep the property for the winter. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just not the time to necessarily test out ambitious pricing doesn't mean you need to slash your price doesn't mean that you can't get a good price for your home. Um, showings are going to be a little bit slower than the summer. But the good news about that is the the buyers that are out are more serious buyers. Uh, would you say that just seeing our clientele, like typically the people that we're working with at this time of year, they're, they're not folks that are like maybe thinking about it'd be perfect, you know, maybe someday if I found the right thing. They're kind of like folks that that want and need to buy a home. Yeah, I mean, we'll sign with them and then they'll have a home within like three days. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, you know, during the summer, yes, you'll get more showings, but you get more iffy buyers. You get more buyers that are just kind of looky-loos. You get more buyers that, you know, if I find the perfect house or, you know, if this one's just the right one, the, the folks looking in the the in the wintertime typically are folks that are, that are very serious about finding a home and want to find a home quickly. Um, and also understand that, um, for sellers that, you know, when we're talking about the the, the national market news, uh, understand that appreciation slowing down does not mean it's a bad time to sell. It just means that we're, we're the rated appreciation um, is slowing down. We're not necessarily seeing depreciation. So we just don't want uh, that fear to get a hold of people um, based on what they're going to be seeing in the, the news media. All right, buyers. Uh, what does this what does this all mean for you? So during the winter time, you're going to see less inventory on the market, but typically you're able to find better opportunities in the fall and the winter because some of that inventory is folks that are left over from the summer and they typically 
you know, are more motivated because they haven't, you know, kids are back in school. They haven't been able to sell. They've been on the market for a little bit. So there are some good opportunities uh, in the fall and the winter. Just understand there's going to be less homes available because a lot of sellers don't want to list in the fall and the winter. Uh, rates are absolutely amazing right now. Interest rates are still under 4% at the time of this recording. Um, you know, we, we said at 4%, they couldn't get any less. They did. So, uh, now is a phenomenal time to lock in some good long-term financing. Um, and no, like we talked about earlier, you're not buying right before a crash. Uh, yes, we're going to see a recession. Yes. We're going to see the rate of appreciation slow down. We're not expected to see depreciation though. So buying a home right now is not a bad idea. Um, so that is the meat of the show. Any questions? Did I, did I? Did I beat this to death? Did you go over it ad nauseum? Hey, ad nauseum is a word, so you guys can both suck it. Hey, because that is not appropriate for this podcast. We like to keep this podcast family so friendly. Angry. Yeah, so I angry. don't take to that kind of language very well. So telling someone they can suck it is not appropriate. Right, Mike? I just feel very insecure about myself right now. Well, you, yeah, were, right? you were wearing the Crocs, so, so I figured Stop. we were just casually hanging out. <laughs> We're always, if you ain't crocking, you ain't rocking. Whoa. Just so you know. Whoa. All right. So we're clear. Now it is it's time. The official stance of the Chris Elliott Real Estate Show. Now it is time for the fire round. Okay. All right, so let's turn to the socials. Let's get some questions. How many viewers do you have? Uh, I got two. I have six. Good Whoa. job, guys. Uh, Samir says it's not snake oil. Does that mean we win, by the way? it's not super fast acting. All right, he's talking about CBD. All right, guys, if you're looking on social, my two people. Um, my six people. What questions do you have? What questions do your people have, Maddie? Well, Jason had one. I don't know if he's still watching because I can't see who's watching. I just see the number. Okay, just read me the question. Wow, okay, God. Um, <laughs> we got limited studio time here, people. Well, Sheesh. Does the previous foreclosure affect purchasing investment property, for example, a vacation home? Uh, does a previous foreclosure affect your ability to purchase? I guess. Yeah. Okay. So typically foreclosure, uh, that's going to stay on your record for seven years. So you need to wait seven years for that to uh, clear off. Um, the advice I would have, though, is talk with a, uh, a good mortgage lender who can kind of look at your situation and tell you exactly, because I think there are some type of exceptions uh, that are made. Um, so yeah, talk with a mortgage lender, but typically rule of thumb is seven years from my understanding. So they can't buy a house within that seven years, like an investment property or anything? Correct. Oh, interesting. Yeah, foreclosures are not good. No. Yeah, you don't want like that it. on your record. What's the next one? Um. Is it po would it be possible? Hi, Dad. Would it be possible for someone to take out a high enough HELOC to give themselves negative equity? No. Um, like, let's say they had equity and then like the market went down and then they're. Well, so I mean, if the market goes down, I, I guess that's always you know like if you if you have a four hundred thousand dollar house, you owe two hundred, you take a out a hundred thousand dollar loan, and the market just falls off the face of the earth and you know the house is now worth 275 then yeah i guess there's that opportunity i don't think we're heading there but no most banks are only going to lend you 75 up to 75 80 uh ltv which just stands for loan to value so you know 75 percent loan to value if you have a four hundred thousand dollar house you owe 200 on your primary mortgage 
typically the most they're ever going to lend you on a HELOC is going to be 100000 because they don't want you kind of redlining, if that makes sense. Yes. Yep. Also, how much do you think a recession would hike interest rates back up? Ooh, good question. So this is kind of an interesting one uh, and it's a hot topic amongst, I was at a real estate investor club meeting and you got some fairly smart people there and they were talking about interest rates. So one of the kind of interesting things is a lot of times what they will do when we head into a recession is they will, the Fed will lower interest rates, um, the the rates at which they're lending money to banks because they figure if they lower the rates, then the banks are going to start lending the money out at lower rates. That's going to stimulate more borrowing, which is going to stimulate the economy. It's kind of like, you know, gets things going a little bit. Um, what's happening now, though, is President Trump is keeping rates is basically, in, I don't know if he can instruct the Fed, but he's highly encouraging the Fed to keep rates low. And what they're projecting is that he's going to continue that policy to keep rates low to make the economy look good. So he goes into his 2020 election with a good economy. Uh, the problem with that is if you've already lowered rates as lower as low as you can get them, and we head into a recession, now the Fed doesn't have anything else they can do. You can only get rates so low. So it's kind of like they're they're firing their one bullet that's left in the gun right now, and once they fire that one, that's you not know, good. yeah, it's kind of like what do you do to get yourself out of recession? if you get into one. So kind of, a, did I answer the question? I don't think I did. I don't know. I think, I think. I mean, in a roundabout maybe. way you did. Yeah. I just like to hear myself talk. So that's why I started well, we a podcast. Um, I don't have any other questions unless any of my viewers that have just hopped on in the past. Mike, do you have any questions minutes? out of social? No. Okay. No People other questions. What we have to say. I mean, unless someone pops up with one in the next like five I think, or I think you had seconds. one more. I see one more on the list. I no. Have one okay, more. cool. All right. So that was all the questions from social. Uh, we appreciate you guys participating. Uh, thank you again for tuning into this podcast. Uh, let us know what you think. If you think we're stupid, let us know that. If you like it, let us know that. Give us a review, one star, five stars on Apple iTunes, if you would. And let us know what you guys want us to talk about uh, on f- next show. So anyway, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us for the Chris Elliott Real Estate Show. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please contact Chris Elliott at chris at chriselliottrealestate.com or by phone at 804-980-1898. And please join us again next time for the Chris Elliott Real Estate Show.